All right, guys, I don't know about you, but February puts me in the mood for love. And I'm not talking about sappy Valentine's Day romantic stuff. I'm talking about really focusing on self-love. And one of the ways I'm doing that this month is I am creating space for myself to write every single day 1,500 words per day, no matter what. Another way I'm doing this is by figuring out how to indulge in chocolate and also boost my immunity at the same time. Sounds tricky, right? Like it's no lie or it's no secret, I should say, that chocolate has a ton of antioxidants, but it's not really ever been known to boost immunity until now. Introducing, this is so exciting, the Organifi Immune Chocolate Bar. Now, this is available for February only. I also think it makes a great gift and tastes absolutely delicious. It is made with 75% dark chocolate, two grams of mushrooms, not hallucinogenic mushrooms, not to panic, but the good kind, chaga, reishi, shiitake, maitake, cordyceps. It has cacao and overall supports total immune health. So even if you've been on Organifi's website and you're like, eh, I'm not really a green juice, red juice, golden turmeric juice, probiotic type of person. Now you can have your chocolate and be healthy too. So head on over to OrganifiShop.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I-S-H-O-P.com. Shop anything you want to and get 15% off using the code RIGHTWAY. That's W-R-I-T-E-W-A-Y at checkout. Indulge, stay healthy, have fun in February. Hi everyone. Welcome back to another Right Way podcast. We are so excited about today's guest. This is one of the most revelatory um, podcast interviews that we've had. And you'll hear along the way, Joe and I are, there's like a beat of silence. Yes. Followed by us just being like, oh my God, I've never heard anyone talk about this industry this way. So today's guest is the incredible Linda Bouchard. She's the founder of Booking Authors, Inc., which is a boutique marketing firm dedicated to Southern authors. I first found Linda when I was on her podcast, Literary Lattes, for my first book. So we were introduced back in 2018, and I was just overwhelmed by her sincerity, her generosity, her absolute knowledge in this space. And today she literally takes us on a journey from a publicist perspective that it's one that I've never heard. She says things that are literally gospel that I think everyone should write down. We joke with her about having a book of quotes because everything she says is literally gold. And Linda has worked with some of like the biggest names in the business and she's focused her efforts really on uh, publicity campaigns and as an author concierge for authors traveling through the South uh, um, and works, she collaborates with big New York publishing houses, but focuses specifically on on the region, uh, region of the country in the South, which I think is so interesting. And when she talks about it, she really talks about finding that niche. And I just love that kind of her willingness to be so open and so collaborative, but having a very specific idea in mind about where her talents were really going to serve the industry best. Absolutely. And I love her perspective is that book marketing is all about collaborative storytelling, um, which I don't know. For me, again, what she says, and you'll hear it in this interview, I've never heard another publicist say, like any type of publicist, the way that she approaches it, the way that she approaches each author, um, her work with them. I mean, she really shows up for them and brainstorms in a way that I have never experienced before. I'm so outside the box. Check out her website. Her company's called Booking Authors Inc. That's Inc. with a K. Uh, bookingauthorsinc.com. Um, she's got incredible articles uh, with really actionable advice and tips for writers. Uh, she's got a she's got a podcast called Literary Lattes uh, that I, we definitely encourage you to listen to. She's an author herself. She's got a, a, a children's book that's that's forthcoming. Um, so she's obviously like in the mix all the time, and we really think that you're going to get a lot out of this conversation today with Linda Bouchard. Absolutely. Enjoy. 
Hey guys, welcome to Right Way, a podcast where we give you insight to make informed decisions about your writing career. I'm your host, Rhea Fry, multi-published author and CEO and founder of Right Way. And I'm Joe Tower, writer, media producer, and Right Way's executive editor. On this podcast, Rhea and I will take an inside look at the publishing industry with honest and straightforward shop talk. So when you do get published, you'll know exactly what to do the right way. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another Right Way podcast. Today, we are so excited about our esteemed guest, Linda Bouchard. So excited to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thanks for taking time in this busy season to chat with us today. Oh, well, it's great to be with you, Rhea and Joe. Um, and um, thank you for wanting to find out more about this crazy fun thing called marketing. Yes. <laughs> so for Truly. us, you know, we talk a lot about marketing and just promotion and the differences between marketing and social media and PR on our podcast all the time. But to have an, a true insider's perspective, not only on the publishing industry, but publicity and marketing and a especially how authors should determine if they need to hire outside help is, is just beyond um, important for our listeners. So I'd love for you to first kind of start out and tell us about your company booking authors and how you work with authors directly. Certainly. Yes. And it's booking authors Inc with a K, yeah, with a K. Yeah. And, <laughs> and yes. And um, well, my company was born over 20 years ago after I left the airline industry uh, where I was a flight attendant uh, for a major airline. And um, on my flights, there were so many authors that I met and there was a common thread through every conversation that I had with them. And that was the fact that their major publishing houses uh, in New York uh, didn't send them south and they didn't do a whole lot of marketing for them. So that was- Not her. <laughs> Yes, you know that intimately, Ria, I'm yeah. sure. And so that was my light bulb moment for my second chapter in life. I filled a void that needed to be filled. And that was as a literary publicist for authors. And um, I uh, concentrate solely in the Southern markets. Which I love because I feel like that really, it, we talk a lot about just like carving out your niche and finding your audience. And I, I love that you've really kind of honed who your audience is. Um, can you speak a little bit to, you know, I guess the differences between publicity and marketing? I feel like that right off the bat is such a confusing thing for people to navigate. And sometimes they don't understand the difference, especially as an author. Mm -hmm. ah, absolutely. Great question. And marketing is the umbrella over, um, it's sort of, houses, uh, public relations and advertising and all that great stuff. And publicity is an arm of that. Publicity is just an offshoot of marketing. You can use it interchangeably. It's fine. Um, but marketing is really, um, I feel, about telling the better story, the more, the fuller sure. story of an author. Now, um, you know, writers uh, have a special and sacred gift. They have the ability to create entire worlds from their thought life. And so my aim is to change the way writers think about marketing. And um, publicity is a component of that. Um, advertising you pay for and publicity is totally totally free and it's more respected as a result huh uh now linda sometimes uh i, I you know on your website and so forth you refer to yourself as or have referred to the uh um of, of booking authors inc as a as a sort of concierge service mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about um that term particularly and then like how you uh how you work with your clients yes well um as a con i uh 
I call myself a concierge because it, it, I have an all-encompassing approach. Um, and I do probably a little bit more than some publicity um, agencies do or PR agencies um, do. I actually very frequently um, accompany my clients around the South on their book tours. So I make sure that um, everything goes as planned and that they're on time. And if I need to run to the store at midnight and get them uh, <laughs> you know, wow. from nylons to aspirin, I am there for them. And that began by my pitching myself to the New York publishing houses um, when I was starting my agency 20 years ago and saw that void that needed to be filled here in the South. Um, I started out um, as a concierge and then I, I built upon that. So it's a, it's a full service agency and I'm very hands-on. I mean, that's right. amazing. And do, so this year, so 2020, mm -hmm. as you know, everything has shifted and, and so many in-person events and book tours have shifted to virtual. How mm -hmm. has that affected your hands-on approach with clients? How have you pivoted during that time? It has been such a challenging time for writers, for authors, and for myself, because I have learned something very valuable, and I was surprised by this, that I have been busier than ever. Yes, yes. Oh, wow. Because I was initially very trepidatious when the pandemic hit, because I thought my business would you know, dry up, but it's been quite the opposite because to my joy, writers have been thinking about their work and they've been thinking about the marketing component. So I have been very busy, but I have shifted uh, clients to virtual events, which thank goodness for the internet and for Zoom and for all the platforms for virtual events, because it brings in a wider audience where if it were at a bookstore, there might be just a handful of people yeah. here for them. Now, oh my gosh, it's just um, exponent exponentially increased their audience. Uh, so it's been great in that way. But um, I'm still hands-on. I still meet with clients here. I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. So I meet with, I do meet with my clients here and um, I have Zoom meetings and not as much travel on the road. That's kind of uh, gone by the wayside. Has that been nice in some ways? I mean, like I, I see it both ways as an author. Like I had a traditional book tour planned in August and was really, you know, bummed when it didn't happen. But I'm like, man, there, there is something really amazing about this virtual launch or virtual events where you can cram in several during the day without leaving the comfort of your home and reach <laughs> so many more people. You might not sell as many books, but I do think for bookstores specifically, I'm like, man, there's such an opportunity to bring in a larger readership than they would um, with an in-person event. So do you, I don't know, do you think that that's gonna stick for 2021? Do you think that's gonna be like a new trend or will there be a mix? Right, yes, it's, it's taken to you, to go back to your thought. Yes, it's taken a shift in our thinking and we've all had to think, you know, um, more creatively, which I absolutely love, but I am hoping that it continues actually uh, after the pandemic stops. And I hope it's a combination. I hope it is a combination of the two um, because there's nothing, absolutely nothing that beats that authentic in-person engagement. Readers wanna meet their authors and that excitement is still there. And I think the in-person will uh, gear back up. I'm optimistic about that. Yeah. And, and do you, for your clients, have they seen... I don't know, is it, have they been more successful with reach versus sales or has it been, how have you like dictated, I guess, what's successful for your clients and what isn't? Because I know so many authors we talk to, they're just trying to, 
to figure it out. Like, was my, was my launch a success or, or was it a total failure? Just because mm -hmm. I feel like the numbers aren't as, as strong maybe as they would be in some instances, but how, I don't know, how have your clients kind of gauged what is successful for this year? Right. And um, every client has a different definition of success. Uh, some want the book sales, other want other people want um, visibility for their for their business or speaking platform. So success is uh, defined differently. Um, I define success as are people talking about the book? So I, my goal is always to make my client the red M&M and &M in a bowl full of brown ones. Oh my God, I love that so much. You know, we, we talked offline about this, but yes, I feel like you have such an out of the box way of thinking because this industry is very traditional there it is somewhat formulaic there are you know there are rules that authors follow there this this is what publicists do this is what marketers do this is what the publisher does and i love that about you <laughs> and your business i feel like you don't often hear that i could talk to 10 people who do what you do and you know nine times out of ten it would be all kind of the same blanket formula and, and that's what I really, I don't know, it really resonates with me that, that you do really want that for your clients. Well, you also sound like you, you talk, you talk about your clients and you talk about the industry. Like you really, like, I can tell how much you love it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I, first of all, I have to say, I'm very heartened by the fact that you uh, were a flight attendant. I come from a travel industry family. Um, so that's, I, I love that. But this, this pivot, I'm curious. Yeah because you're an author and because you also have a, a, a podcast um, about, um, about the industry and about uh, literary lattes, um, were, you, were, you, were you drawn to this to begin with? You talk about meeting you know, all these authors on, on, your cross, on, on, your, on, on flights and so forth, but were you drawn, were you drawn to it to begin with maybe? Mm, well, um, before I began my career as a flight attendant, um, I, I, I was working for a CBS affiliate in Boston. I have a master's degree in public relations uh, from, wow. from Boston University. And um, while I was sitting in the uh, office of the CBS affiliate, which overlooked uh, the Charles River and Logan Airport, I saw all these planes coming and going and my imagination went wild. And I'm like, I got this wild hair to travel, which I had not done a lot of. So that's the way my career as a flight attendant began, but I was, I have never been afraid to take chances. Sure. And I, uh, and on my off days, um, Joe, I would, um, I would do, um, at, at the end of my career, I would start, I was already starting the business. I was already pitching myself to the big I five see. agencies in New York. And I was already had that next step in mind but already prepared to make that books. move um my books are to me the greatest time machines in the world and so it was kind of a seamless transition it was just a another kind of uh journey shall we say what do you think are what do you think is a common misconception that you find either with clients prospectively or clients you have or writers in general about book book publicists Hmm. Well, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. right, right. How long do we have? <laughs> yeah, right. That's, is, it, no, is this a whole other episode? Yeah, is no, this, this, whole, is this is part so, two. This is so oh. important, though. This question is so important because yeah. I feel like you can talk to 15 authors, mm -hmm. and some are going to give you the worst stories ever. And some are going to say that they would never launch a book without hiring a publicist. And some are like, eh, I don't know. But, but yes, I would love to hear your perspective, just having been in this business. What do you, what do you think is the biggest <laughs> misconception or misconceptions about it? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, the biggest misconception um, without a doubt is the fact that we will do all the work, yes. which will mm -hmm. never happen. It's a very collaborative and close relationship. So you want to be, as an author, you want to be sure that you have choose the right publicist because you want to have the same creative sensibilities. And um, 
you want to align with your publicist because it's a very symbiotic relationship and you'll be working with them for a long time. I mean, I get to know my clients' families, um, what they go through. I mean, it's more than just a working relationship for me anyway. So I become an archeologist in my author's life. And I look for stories outside the book. I dig around and find things that may be unrelated to the book and I tie them to current events or I take a hobby that they have and I tie that in. So it's not always about the book. I look for other sources of story angles. So the author has to be willing to share their story, their backstory which often comes forward in the marketing, they have to be willing to open up to their publicist. I'm a lot like a psychologist and oh, you know, there's a lot of psychology involved in this. So you wanna pick the right publicist. And on the flip side, I often say no to a client. Yes. It's not the right fit. Sure. And that is so important to have the same creative energy and yes. same goals. percent. Managing expectations is another huge, huge component of what I do. Managing expectations. Um, you know, they every author wants to start out big and broad, but I liken it to dropping a pebble into a pond. Start small and your level of influence will go outward as you leverage the local media hits, then the regional, then hopefully the national, but that doesn't always happen. And there is great value in being a regional author. Yes. Let's not forget there's gold in your own backyard. Okay. Oh my God. Okay. Everything that you just said is like <laughs> amazing. And let me just tell everyone who's listening, like I have talked to numerous book marketers, publicists over the years, and no one has ever said <laughs> anything about <the laughs> that you just said. And I think it is, we, we talk about it with our clients too. It's such a relationship. And I love that you said you're like the archeologist because I mean, what an amazing way to look at it. Um, if you're trying to suss out if this is a good relationship or not, what questions should authors ask to make sure it's a good fit? And what questions do you ask yourself about a client to ensure it's a good fit? Oh, wow. Oh, that is so important. Oh, important. Yes. <laughs> so important to know uh, the author has to, you know, it all begins with a mindset. And it's been said that victorious warriors win first and then go into battle. And that is no less true for an author. It begins with your mindset and your goals. And I wanna know an author's goals for their book. Some just wanna write for their family and the family legacy. Others wanna be mega New York Times bestselling authors like yourself, Ria. So, and so you have to be very clear about your goals because it determines the path forward in your marketing. So I always ask the author, what are the goals for your book? How much have you budgeted? Because, you know, it's going to cost you some something either monetarily or if you want to do it yourself, um, it'll cost you your time. So what have you budgeted for budgeted for your publicity efforts? And, you know, I think of marketing as part of the creative process and not separate from it. Mm, yeah. so I want authors to be to embrace the marketing and not think of it as two separate components. It can be the most creative part because oh. it's simply a continuation of the storytelling. Now it's a story of you. The why of you comes to the fore. And so if you look at your marketing through the prism of story, it becomes infinitely more meaningful and it's fun. I wanna have fun with my clients and I want them to have that same mindset. So 
you can't take yourself too seriously. And so when you ask what I look for, I look for somebody that has a sense of humor hmm. and is willing to roll up their sleeves and do the hard work necessary. Uh. Oh my God. I, I just <laughs> I love everything. That this you is said. the best conversation. <laughs> this is the only conversation about a marketing of publicity yes. I've ever really enjoyed. That's my goal. That is my goal. <laughs> I want to have fun every single day doing what I do. And I want to bring you on board with me as an author. So, uh, obviously there's a you know uh, this is it's going to depend on what client you're working with or uh you know um a, a, a dozen different factors i'm sure but in your professional opinion what is the best way uh to market market books in in 2020 what 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 is there is there a particular set of um of guidelines that you think really nail down exactly what's what's needed to successfully to successfully successfully market well first of all nothing has changed in 2021 about the fundamental number one aspect of writing a great book great writing will always find its audience so writing a great book is primo and so I always advise my clients not to rush to publication. Oh, yes. so, many, <laughs> so many of them want to see their name in print. But you know what, you guys? Your written words will far outlive you. So I advise my clients to make them memorable, make their words memorable and great, and hold off on the publication until we get there. So yeah. that's number one. Great writing will always find its audience with or without marketing, but you do need both because a book, if you think about it, is a very unique product. You have a tangible object with intangible ideas inside of it. So your goal as a writer is to capture your reader's attention before they buy it. So if it's up there on Amazon, you want to make those intangible ideas come alive in your marketing. So wherever it is, whatever platform, but it, it all comes down to the goals for your book, uh -huh. because as I said, that will determine your path forward in your marketing. So nothing has changed there and every book is so unique. Uh, so, you know, every campaign I do is unique. So of course, different, but you know, word of mouth is important, and um, you know, building those authentic relationships beforehand. Please, please start early. If yeah. I if I can advise, there's one takeaway: <laughs> start early. <laughs> yeah. all, we say it all the time. I mean, that's my number one piece of advice: is Find your readers and build your community before you ever even absolutely a book to promote or sell. And oh, I mean, yes, you're you're totally speaking our language. What <laughs> about selling a book? What's oh what's the best way to sell a book? Right? Don't we all want to know, <laughs> Linda? Please. Ah, uh, there's you know what? There's no magic bullet nope. because. It's just a building process. It's a building and it's about relationships. It's all about relationships. I so, but build your community, whether it's online, offline. Um, but um, it's all about, you know, just slowly and don't panic because this is a marathon. And if you have fun with it, that fun will translate. It's all about, I call it the passion conversation. If you have a passion about what you do and create conversations around your book, um, it'll happen. It'll happen. I mean, I advise so many off the wall, outside the book stuff. I mean, leave a copy of your book in your doctor's office behind. I mean, <laughs> I mean leave yeah. a copy on public transportation. Definitely. I'll tell you what. Flight attendants are great readers. 
And if you travel, guys, bring copies of your books and give them to the pilots and flight attendants. They have long layovers. And wow, what better way to spend it than reading your book? So. God, I love that. And you know, uh, I, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, but I mean, think of things other than selling your book in a bookstore. Mm-hmm, Actually, yeah. I don't recommend that highly. Uh, the best place to sell your book is really anywhere but a bookstore. Because why? Because it'll stand out. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> amazing wisdom. Again, never, never heard anyone oh, put it like that before. I, I mean, I've got a great example if we have a second. Yeah, I've got a great of course. Of that. I have a, I had an author who wrote a book, Baptized in Sweet Tea, and it was <laughs> collection of his columns he wrote for a newspaper it was a collection celebrating the south he sat in the coffee and tea aisle of piggly wiggly in charleston south carolina set up a table and signed his books one day he sold 50 books (laughs) i mean you'll never do that in a bookstore ever right like we we called it the piggly wiggly tour Oh and my gosh. I did something similar in Costco. <laughs> I did a signing in Costco, which was yep. it was like, this is ridiculous. This is uncomfortable. This isn't gonna work. I sold so many books. I'd be I, I mean I and I had fun with it. I was like, hey, you need a book to go with your, you know, 42 rolls of toilet paper. Like, here it is. <laughs> the answer is yes. The yeah. answer is yes. <laughs> Okay, guys, sorry to interrupt the episode in progress. We will get back to it momentarily, but as promised, here's a very important end-of-the-month announcement. Now, during the first couple episodes of February on the Right Way podcast, we told you that we were working in cooperation with Book Pipeline of Pipeline Media out of LA to sponsor a submission drive for their 2021 Unpublished Fiction and Nonfiction Manuscript Contest. Now, for those of you who haven't heard or haven't listened and subscribed to this podcast, Book Pipeline is the literary arm of Pipeline Media Group, It was launched in 2014 and connects writers worldwide with publishers, editors, agents, and the film industry. They use two submission platforms, the Adaptation Contest and the Unpublished Contest, seeking both new and established authors and playwrights. Now, the deadline for the 2021 Unpublished Contest is March 5th. That is coming right up. Rhea and I are here to give away... 10 entry fees for that contest. Book Pipeline has given away $15,000 to its winners. Industry circulation, executive development. The competition is exclusively for unpublished manuscripts across six categories of fiction and nonfiction. Literary, mystery, thriller, sci-fi, fantasy, young adult, middle grade, and nonfiction. Select publishers and agents will get a first look at the top selection of each category. What's more, winners and runners-up will receive $2,500 for each category winner, immediate circulation to publishers, agents, editors, and executives, consideration from producers seeking projects for film and TV, adaptation, additional long-term review of other books for potential circulation, and invitations to annual writer and industry events hosted by Pipeline Media Group. To enter your unpublished fiction or nonfiction manuscript, go to www.bookpipeline.com shop slash unpublished dash contest. We will put the hyperlink in the show notes. And for the first 10 people, if you enter the code on 21 that's all caps, W-R-I-T-E-O-N-2-1, your entry fee will be paid for. Just so you know, for 21 years, Pipeline Media has bridged the gap between up-and-coming writers and their respective industries through unique, long-term, hands-on facilitation. The result thus far has been $8 million in projects sold to studios and networks since 1999. And in total, across film, book, and script pipeline, their three divisions, approximately 25,000 pieces of creative material are reviewed annually, with over 4,000 entries submitted to Book Pipeline in 2020 alone. What's more, they provide an essential real-world and virtual community for writers. So if you've got that fiction or nonfiction manuscript and you don't know what to do with it next, go to bookpipeline.com slash shop slash unpublished dash contest fill out the submission form and enter the code right on 21 the first 10 that use it will get the entry fee paid for this is all brought to you by book pipeline pipeline media group and the right way podcast now back to the show absolutely absolutely think of places where it'll fit in with a title or 
a gift shop. Gift shops love to sell specialty books, farmers markets. Um, There's so many possibilities outside of bookstores that you can explore. And that's the fun. That's the fun of it. Well, that is, and I, I think that I feel like it. So if you're in this industry and you're traditionally published and you get multiple book deals, it is a very churn and burn mentality. And it is like you have, you know, if you're on a book a year schedule, you have such a, a finite period of time to write the book, then you're always editing or another book's coming out. And I feel like a lot of times the fun is kind of, well out of it and it it, you're creative you're forcing Mm -hmm. so much of your creativity that I feel like for myself personally it's 20 percent of my time is spent writing and 80 percent of my time is spent with all the other stuff that I don't necessarily want to do because I'm not working with someone like you Linda who's making it like an absolute amazing (laughs) experience and well, well, and also the, 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 we think that we have, the, that there's one way to do it. And we all just like keep hitting the nail harder and harder with the hammer, thinking that that's the only, mm-hmm. that's the only way to sell more books. No, absolutely not. And you know, the, the big five publishing companies, they handle more than one author at a time and they only have them for what, a month or two or three months. Then oh. they drop them and go on to the next big thing. So that's where people like myself come in, the independent publicist who will be there for you for the long term. And it's I do not do cookie cutter uh, cam- marketing campaigns. I customize everything to the book. I, yeah. Like I said, I, be, I dig around and I find the backstory of an author, which is there's always something compelling in, an, in a writer's uh, you know, life that will lend itself to the marketing. So what what is it though about that? What is it about the big path, the New York Times bestseller path, the you know that and our our impatience? Um, what is it? What is it about that 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 lures us there? And and why aren't we comfortable with you know as you were talking about before finding gold in your own in your own backyard or enjoying the process? What? Yeah, we're so we rush through it. We rush like I want to I want to be published. I want to be published. I want to be published. But then once you're published, a lot- It's like, I just want to get this over with. Yeah, <laughs> so. exactly, exactly. What, what is that? Do you think that's just the society that we now live in because everything's instant gratification instead of delayed gratification? <laughs> there's, that's actually part of it. Um, there's ego involved, the cachet mm-hmm. of being published by one of the major publishing houses. But- um, you lose a lot of your creative control when you're with a major publishing house. And I'm a big proponent of self-publishing. In fact, I'm self-publishing my children's book, which will be out next year. Yes. So, Yay, congrats. Um, you you um, retain that creative control. Um, it takes longer. It um, Well, it takes longer to traditionally publish. Yes. It takes, it doesn't take as long to self-publish, but you still want to get it right. Um, So there are advantages to both. Sure. And again, it depends on an author's goals, but only 2% of authors are published with a major publishing house. So it doesn't always happen. And there's a lot of serendipity involved in that. Do does you so the the bulk of your clients? I mean, I know you've worked with some huge authors. Um, are most of them traditionally published, or are most self published, or is it a mix between the two? It is a mix. A mix, it yeah. Is a mix, um, right? Quite frequently, um, an author will call me after they uh, finish their time with a major publishing house, and they want to continue on with their marketing efforts in the south so they will call me and um then we begin the conversation together um so uh i i work with a lot of self-published authors debut authors um i love it uh it's a it is a it's a comfortable mix of both that's amazing and you know you and i again we were talking offline and we got into such amazing uh such an amazing conversation around so many things but we talked a little bit about social media, which 
Again, listeners are probably going to roll their eyes because we've really been, we've really we talk been about it all the time. Yeah, we do. But especially when it comes to building a business or brand, you know, it seems to be like the go-to, especially if you want to be traditionally published. It's all about that author platform. How many followers do you have? What engaged community do you have? Like, and it's in the, you know, now it's like a hundred thousand followers is kind of the almost the standard and it's ridiculous. I mean, I think it's absolutely ridiculous, but you and I were discussing our love of author Cal Newport, which we've brought up on this podcast before, but he's an author. Yeah, he's so amazing. He's so amazing, but he does not engage at all on social media to sell books. And he takes such an organic, intentional approach that seems almost rebellious um, in today's author landscape. So, you know, you and I were talking about this, like we don't promote our business at right way. We pay no money for ads. We are not on social media for the business and you don't really promote your business that way. It's very much word of mouth and referral only, um, which is amazing. And it feels so good, but how can authors also take this approach you know, what do you say to an author? Do you have an author who might come to you and say, I don't want to use social media to promote my books? Like, what do you say to that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God, I love it. I love it. <laughs> That's what I say to them. Oh. I, I say, welcome on board. Oh my goodness. Um, okay, no, explain but, that. Explain that. Like how, how? I am, um, in fact, I worked with an author, a debut author, who was not on one bit of social media. And I was like, I'm in. <laughs> but um, this, is, this is a very tricky thing because I think it's a perception um, that authors need social media in order to be recognized and sell books. And in my, uh, this is just my opinion, but in my opinion, I don't agree with that. I believe that social media should be an accelerator and not an initiator of your publicity efforts and to choose it wisely and carefully. And I think relationships need to be created offline first or nobody's going to engage with you online. I mean, you could have a zillion followers, but that doesn't mean they're going to act. Right. That doesn't mean that they're going to buy your book. Ugh. So social media does not go as deeply mm-hmm. or as personally as authentic. Well, the, you're, you're right. The investment in number, the investment in follower count rather than engagement, right, is, is, is the root of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's not relationships, not hashtags. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I feel like people don't even know how to cultivate those relationships anymore, though, right? Like, it's just like, oh, it's, you know, a quick post that's, you know, swallowed up in five seconds and people for like, they just forget about it. And I found myself as an author, I only got on social media because of my debut coming out. And I did cultivate, you know, a pretty good community on Instagram. But since I'm just like, I just don't want to be on here. It feels like it no longer feels like an accessory. It feels like this thing that doesn't really do much. And I don't want my attention focused there, but there's that fear element of, okay, if I delete everything, like this is ridiculous, but I'm like, how are my readers going to find me? Like, how am I going to, you know, talk to them about anything other than our newsletter and doing things that are more intentional, but what advice would you give for someone who's kind of caught in the, (laughs) in the like rabbit hole of believing they need it and they want to get rid of it completely how would you advise them to kind of take steps to do that um, where they don't, you know, completely piss off their publisher <laughs> if they're traditionally published? Right. Well, you know, I do advise my clients that if they feel that they want to use uh, social media, that they pick one or two that they're comfortable with. Yep. So that it doesn't feel heavy and like a burden and you don't need to spend a lot of time on it you can put up, you know, something, spend 30 minutes on it a day, that max. I mean, just just do what you feel comfortable with and ignore the rest. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, use it to support your story, but put value out there. 
just be realistic that you are not going to sell books on social media unless you're a Kardashian. Exactly. Exactly. There That's it is, funny. folks. There, there, there it is, folks. Quote. There's our pull quote for this episode. <laughs> There's the title of this episode. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Amazing. Well, and oftentimes your readers, um, interestingly enough, your audience will determine the platforms that you use. Um, for example, if you have an older demographic, um, you may not feel compelled to use any at all because they don't. So you want to align with your readership. And so that's often sometimes determined by your readers too. What, um, I mean, there's been a, more than dozens of gems of wisdom uh, that you've that you've doled out today. But what a what what if anything do you do you want aspiring authors to know about the business um, about the publishing industry and about the business of marketing and 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 promoting and trying to sell their books? Mm. Well, first of all. Um, I would say thank you for writing a book because you have accomplished what 99% of people don't. They You're the best, Linda. You're the best. <laughs> you she have is the best. completed a book. And just the fact of completing it is huge. So um, give yourself the gift of thinking about your promotion and your marketing efforts before you put it out into the world because you have spent monkish hours writing this book yeah. and you want to spend no less time on the marketing of it. So give a great deal of thought uh, to your goals for your book and, um, you know, approach it with a sense of fun and discovery and as a sense of a continuation of the storytelling. And I think that people's eyes glaze over when they hear marketing, you yeah. know, I, I, um, people's eyes glaze over. But if you just look at it differently, it will change for you too. And you'll approach it as, as being fun. And if you think about your reader and creating value for your reader, what will, how will they change? Think about how they'll change after reading your book. Where will you take them? Um, what will they learn? Nobody knows your book better than you do. So, you know, have fun with it and align yourself. If you so choose a publicist, um, interview a few, interview several so that you'll be aligned with the right one. Uh, I think you're the right one. <laughs> I can't. I can't impart to our listeners enough what good advice okay. that is. Please. I mean, again, I've worked with numerous publicists who've been great. I, I have never. I feel like you get. You really focus on the craft first, and it's not just about again like churn and burn, and we got to get this product out there, and we got to do the, all these big shiny things. It mm -hmm. seems like very tailor made to the author and their work and their life story, which is so much fun. And I feel like as authors in this like mad dash to try to get published, to feel relevant, to get your story heard, a lot of that fun and joy is often just sucked out of it completely. Yeah. And I really feel like you take such a different approach, which you can tell. I mean, you can tell that you really care about what you do and I mean, any author would be lucky to work with you. Um, can you walk us through, like if someone wants to work with you directly, can you kind of give a ballpark? Like we're very open about money on here. And if you don't want to talk about rates, but what kind of investment are they looking at and timeline and duration? How long do they get to work with you? Um, is it book by book? Is it kind of, you know, on a monthly retainer? Like how does it all work if someone wants to work with you? Sure, absolutely. Well, first of all, I, I, um, it's every single campaign is customized to the writer's book. So it, you know, uh, the cost really depends. 
because once again, it goes, goes to those goals. Some may want to do just one month, two months, but I suggest three months at a minimum because all the hard work in the, uh, is at the beginning. Um, I mean, it's a Sisyphean effort to get a book out into the world and all that work is at the beginning. You're I'm pitching, we're working together, we're talking, we're, you know, I, all of that is at the beginning. Um, so it takes often three months to even see some results. So that, that's why I say start early because every media platform has different deadlines. So you want to be sure to hit those. But um, I work on a monthly retainer um, and I also do hourly consultations and um, anyone is welcome to shoot me an email um, if they're interested and um, we can have a conversation. But um, it, it all depends on their goals. Yes. Um, so the cost, I can't really uh, tell you definitively mm -hmm. because that's so fluid, but um, hourly consultations too, if they just want to, you know, pick my brain and get a refresher or, hey, hey, how about this? What do you think? I'm open to it all. Love it. So and they guys, bookingauthorsinc.com. With a K. Go to the website with a K. With a K. <laughs> As in the pen. It's a, a gorgeous play on the word. Go visit that website and, and take a look. And there's lots to find on your website. You have, you know, obviously your podcast. You also have um, what are like articles and very like actionable advice that, uh, that people can access. And also obviously ways to email and get a hold of you uh, if, if, if they're inclined to. Um, this was like a revelation for me. It's oh, really <laughs> so good to hear you talk about not only publicity and marketing, but in, like in this industry as well. Uh, I'm, I'm, I feel rejuvenated. <laughs> that's the, no, that's the perfect word. I mean, you know, I feel like as authors too, we can just get so down on ourselves and so inside the process or the results even like we're just so focused on the results and the outcomes and the accolades and the accomplishments and again this is such a reminder to really have fun with the process and don't rush do not rush the process at all and and kind of go deep with it so Linda thank you so much for well, thank you for your kind words. It has been such a pleasure. And if I can leave you with just one, one, yes. thing, just remember that in our always on 24 seven world, we still must wait on the writer. So there is great value in that. <laughs> oh, I need a book of your quotes, Linda. <laughs> I want like a calendar, like a page a day calendar yeah. where there's I can tear one. it off and there's for the author. Hey, yeah, yeah. Exactly. there's there you not go. one for authors. Done. There's the next book. Oh. Linda, you keep people going. You keep people <laughs> well, going. It has been my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Linda. We appreciate it. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Right Way Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and comment, and help us continue to deliver the content you want and need. And for more information about Rightway, visit rightwayco.com to get more info on all our editorial and developmental services, and sign up for our weekly newsletter, where we'll be sharing exclusive content, access to digital courses, and offering proprietary resources for aspiring and established writers. 